0: My son Landon here is sitting in the front row and he's 10 and he loves to have his hangouts with his friends and so one of the things I love about Landon is he loves to have all the details planned out and so recently he and a buddy were going to be hanging out and so they got their two little 10-year-old heads together and they wrote a list of things that they were going to do the next day and so they wrote down that they were going to play ball and they were going to make brownies and they were going to have a nerf gun fight but my favorite thing was the first thing on the list was this say hi. They just want to make sure they got that right. They want to make sure that was all planned out. And it's funny, I think in life we often like the details, don't we? You know, in life we want to make sure we have everything kind of like land and all planned out. We want to make sure everything is kind of written out and we can kind of see where we're going and what's going to happen. and How are all these different things going to play out? And uh, so many of you guys are looking ahead at life. Many of you guys are thinking about what's next. And you just like to have all those things right in a row. But the truth is, if you've been living for any length of time, you realize that we don't normally get that, do we? We don't normally get everything kind of just all laid out before us and all planned out before us. Often, there's a lot of uncertainty. Often, there are things in our lives that we wish we could figure out, and we wish we had all planned out. But as we begin to take some steps, we begin to realize that there is uncertainty in things we just don't know. And that's really, really tricky. A lot of us are walking around in uncertainty right now, and we're trying to make decisions about stuff, you know. My son's 14 years old, and people are always asking him, you know, when are you going to, what are you going to do with your life? And and what do you think you want to do? He's like, I'm 14. Leave me alone, you know. And I think that so, so many of us in the room are like trying to figure that out right now. What am I going to do next? Some of you guys are interested in a very specific college, you know, like is that where I'm going to end up? Is this where I'm going to go? Some of you guys are trying to figure out that relationship thing, you know, is this the one? Is this it? Some of you guys are are maybe a little older. Maybe you're like, man, is it time to start thinking about kids? or, Or, you know, is it time to maybe thinking about a little bit more of a career change? Or like these different things that we wrestle with? Maybe there's some kind of a a relationship conflict and it's like how do i work this out how do we fix this you know and so often in life we find ourselves in really uncertain places and as much as may, we might like to have things all planned out, you know, we all want to make sure we get it right. See, that's what's so tricky about all this is all of us want to make good, good decisions. You know what I mean? We, we don't always, but all of us want to get it right. And I've never heard anybody say like, oh, you know, my, my resolution for this year is to make the worst possible choices ever and just destroy my life. Like nobody says that. We all want to get it right. And then, if that weren't enough, we also now add this other layer, don't we? We add this other layer on that we're not just making decisions that we want to get right. Now suddenly it's like, well, as a follower of Jesus, I need to be thinking about what he wants me to do, you know? So it's not even just that I want to get it right for me. It's now, I want to get it right for him. Like, I want to do the things he's calling me to do. I want to be about the things he wants me to do. And so, wow, suddenly it's like, but how do I do that, how do I navigate the uncertainty? How do I navigate the things in my life that I'm not sure about, you know? And I think here as a church, we've been going through a season like that as well, right? For, for a couple of years now, we've been trying to figure out what we're supposed to be doing and where we're supposed to be going. And a few years ago, we left our old building that we've been in for decades, you know, and that was kind of comfortable and it felt good to be there. But, but suddenly God called us out of that as we said, you know, we've kind of outgrown that space. And then we, we went portable, you know, like that was really scary. Like, where are we going to end up and how's this all going to play out? And, and man, God worked it out for us to be here, which has been so incredible. But, but now we're here and it's like, well, what's next after this, you know? And you know what? We, we don't know all those details. When we left this concert, we didn't have all those details about what was next and where we were going, and it can be scary. I think in our minds we kind of think like this, that plans produce peace but uncertainty ushers in unrest, right? It's like if I have a plan that I can be at peace, I could take a deep breath, everything's okay, but if there's uncertainty in my life then I have to kind of be at unrest and I have to kind of like always be in go mode trying to figure it out. But today I want to talk about this amazing God that is walking with us. And if you're in the midst of transition, if you're in the midst of decision-making, if you're in the midst of trying to figure anything out about any stage of life you might find yourself in, tonight I hope that you find some really great encouragement. And I also want to share some things that God's doing in us as a church as we face a lot of uncertainty as well. Now if you're here tonight and you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe you walked in thinking about college or a relationship or your career or your kids, or maybe you walked in thinking about one of those things. But it's also possible you walked in thinking not so much about those things, but more about like, where do I stand before God? You know, like what is going on in my life right now? Like if I were to stand before God right now, what would that look like? What do I do with the guilt in my life? What do I do with the shame that I experience in my life? Uh, Some of the bad decisions I've made, you know? And so we're going to talk about that as well here tonight. So we're going to look at two guys real quick tonight named Paul and Silas. And they were on this journey, and they kind of had this plan. See, like a lot of us, they had this plan. They kind of had an end game. They knew where they were going, or so they thought. But suddenly, some things started to change. Just like in our life, some things started to change. Some things started to, to work out, not quite like they had originally or initially planned. And so check out Acts 16, verse 6. It says this, Paul and Silas went through the regions of Persia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit kept them from speaking the word in the province of Asia. Okay, so Paul and Silas had this plan. They were going to Asia to share the, share the love of God, right? But as they're on their way, We're told here the Holy Spirit wouldn't permit it, right? The Holy Spirit kept them from speaking the word of God in this place. And we have to stop here and kind of say, well, what's with this, you know? Like, why is it that God would stop them? And and how did God stop them? See, now, as far as we know from the verses, there's not like this big firework in the sky moment. As far as we know from the verses, probably what happened was God closed the door some way right? Maybe there were some people that opposed them and so they said, ah, we better not go there right now. Or maybe God kind of gave them an inner prompting. You know what I mean by that? Like God just, he, there was no audible voice, but he just made them so sure kind of on the inside that they were supposed to go somewhere else at this moment that they went ahead and followed that, you know? And so here are Paul and Silas trying to figure this out, trying to understand, trying their way, trying their plan, but feeling led a different way for one reason or another. Have you ever been there? Is that where you are in life right now? Like, like you've been spending all your time and energy going this way, and then it's like God just sends you back that way? you know? And some of us are like, man, I've put so much time, so much money, so much effort into that, and it's really frustrating when that doesn't work out. And Paul and Silas would totally relate to you. They were on their way, they were on their journey, but God sent them a different way. And look what happens in verse seven. It says, then we went to the province of Mysia and tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow this. Here it is again. These guys are just trying to preach the gospel. But every time they go somewhere, God says, no, the spirit of Jesus, it says here, didn't allow this. And I want you to think about this place in your life. Often when we're trying our plan out and it's not working and we keep getting dis misdirected or or not misdirected but redirected isn't it true that we get frustrated with that isn't it true that sometimes we go god why why didn't this college work out why didn't this relationship work out why is this not the time for us to have kids why is this not the time to relocate or change jobs right and our hearts can get hard here anybody in the room feeling that sometimes our hearts get hard right here But what I love about Paul and Silas is even though they're going and trying to do what God wants them to do and he keeps redirecting them, they keep their hearts soft. Does anybody here tonight need to pray that your heart would remain soft in the midst of some uncertainty, in the midst of your decision-making right now? So it says this in verse eight, we see their hearts are soft by how they act. It says, so they passed by Mysia and went to the city of Troas. So they stay on mission. And they go, okay, God, we don't know why you keep telling us not to go here, not to go there, but we're just gonna trust you. And then look at this, verse 9. It says this, During the night, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia. The man urged Paul, come to Macedonia to help us. As soon as Paul had seen the vision, we immediately looked for a way to go to Macedonia. We concluded that God had called us to tell the people of Macedonia about the good news. So suddenly it's like, oh, that's what's going on here. We thought we were supposed to go to all these other places, but God has something to do. God wants us to accomplish something in this one specific area. And they kind of get this firework in the sky kind of sign from God, this vision from God. And here's what I want to encourage you with tonight. As you're trying to figure out God's will for your life, as you're trying to figure out what he's leading you to and his direction, I think you're going to get a mixture of these three things that we talked about already here. I think sometimes you're going to get an inner prompting. You know what? Sometimes parents... Man, I actually heard a story recently about a parent who told their kid they couldn't go hang out with their friends on a certain night. And the kid was older, if I remember correctly. The kid was actually in college. And and, and the parent was like, look, I don't know why. I can't tell you details. I know you went out with them last night, and you could probably go out with them tomorrow night. But I just know tonight you're not supposed to go, and I can't even tell you why. It was just this inner prompting that they had. Come to find out that those exact friends got into a car accident and died and that child's life was saved. Just that inner prompting. I can't even tell you why. It's not this big, loud firework in the sky, but there's just this God moment on the inside where the Holy Spirit is speaking something. So I think often in life we're going to get those inner promptings from God. But we're also going to get those open and closed doors too sometimes, aren't we, right? This, for example, you know, like, you know, you apply to the college in Delaware. You really want it. I don't know why you want to go to Delaware for college, but, but I really want it, right? And, and, and you get the rejection letter, and it comes back, and you're, like, heartbroken. You're kicking it. You're throwing at it, right? You're, you're throwing it in the fire, burning it. Like, you can't believe they denied you. But then you go to another state, and you meet your spouse, and you're looking back, going, oh, man, that was a closed door and then an open door. And God did that, right? And then, though, there are other fireworks in the sky times, aren't there, guys? Sometimes it's the interprompting, sometimes it's the closed or the open door, but sometimes it's the big fireworks in the sky. When Kelly and I were in our mid 20s, we've been married for a few years, we just felt like we should start to pray about if we should have kids, you know? Like, is this the time, you know? And so we began to pray. And this one weekend in particular, Kelly was going away for the weekend on a retreat, and we said, you know what, why don't we just really focus our prayers this weekend and ask God to lead us? Like, ask for some fireworks in the sky about this, you know? So, She goes, she comes back, and we kind of have a little meeting at the end, and we're like, so, so, like, what'd you, what'd you experience? So I started, I let out. I was like, all right, here's what happened to me. I was reading through the scriptures. And I was just, you know, seeking God about, not even about this whole thing, but, but just in general, I was just seeking God. And, and I was trying to stay away from any verses about babies or pregnant women or virgin births or, like, I didn't want to cheat, you know what I mean? I don't want to try to help God out or anything, you know? So I'm just scrolling through the Gospels, like, near the end. I know the beginning. That's where the, you know, the birth stories are. Stay away from the beginning, right? So I'm at the end of the Gospels. And suddenly, as I'm just reading through, this verse comes up, right? And it says that when a woman is giving birth, there is pain, but when the child comes, she forgets that pain because of the joy of the child. So, you know, I'm thinking, well, that's, that's kind of weird and unique and cool. Maybe that's like a part of a fireworks in the sky thing. So I'm all proud because I told Kelly my awesome God moment, right? I said, what about you, hon? Do you have anything? She goes, well, we're coming home on the, on the women's retreat, and, and, and I just start to pray about this whole thing again. I look out the window, and I'm not making this up. I see a billboard with a stork on it that says the time is now. And I'm like, "Well, I got a I got a verse." You know, like, like some guy made that, like God wrote the Bible. You know, I got a verse. You know, like how is that possible? She gets a billboard, you know? Seriously, I was so jealous. And then the very next day, we come to church. And her cousin Maria walks in and says, "Kelly, I got to tell you the weirdest thing happened today." She says, "Remember this outfit you bought Stephen when he was, you know, just a baby? Well, and this is, this is years ago. You know, Stephen was just probably two or three years old at the time. She says, I walked into Stephen's room today, and this outfit was out in the middle of the room. I don't know what he did. He must have gone in the closet and dragged it out or something. But as soon as I saw it, I knew I had to give this to you today. You're like, all right, all right that, that, that's, that's pretty big, man. I mean, cool verse, and then stinking billboard, <laughs> and then this little thing. And that, that was kind of like some fireworks in the sky for us that God was leading us in that direction. And so as we go through life, there's gonna be these different things that take place. And guys, if there's anything I can encourage you, young crowd tonight, I wanna tell you something. The thing I've learned most recently in the last season of my life is something called divine delays, that in our lives there are divine delays. And if you're anything like me, you like to bust through those. And God is saying, Doug, slow down, stay here. I'm closing this door and I'm like, I got a machete out, I'm trying to chop the door down. You know what I mean? And God just saying, no, Doug, this is not just a delay. This is a divine delay. In other words, I have this delay here for you on purpose. And so let me ask you a question. Will you be sensitive to the inner promptings? And that takes some time, learning when it's God and when it's not, right? Will you you be sensitive to the times when God is opening a door or closing a door? Will you be sensitive to those fireworks in the sky moments? And I just want to encourage you, because I think we often romanticize the Bible, and the Bible's amazing, and there are some incredible stories in it, but we tend to think sometimes that guys like Paul and Silas had fireworks in the sky all the time, and they didn't. They sat in prisons for years. We think a guy like David had fireworks in the sky. God spoke to him, the man after his own heart. Yeah, what about all those years he was sitting there tending sheep, doing nothing? What about Moses, right? Gets to split a Red Sea, gets to deliver the people. Yeah, 40 years in a desert before that, right? And you know what? There are seasons of silence. There were divine delays in all of their lives. And then there were interpromptings. There were open and closed doors, and there were fireworks in the sky, just like you and I get to experience as well. And so Paul and Silas have experienced probably some promptings, some open and closed doors, but especially now this firework in the sky. But they still haven't seen God's plan at all. So so check this out. Look what it says next. Finally, we see what this is all leading up to. Verse 13, it says, On the day of worship, we went out of the city to a place along the river where we thought Jewish people gathered for prayer. We sat down and began talking to the women who had gathered there. A woman named Lydia, remember that name? A woman named Lydia was present. She was a convert to Judaism from the city of Thyatira and sold purple dye for a living. And I love this verse. She was listening because the Lord made her willing to pay attention to what Paul said. Is that amazing or what? See, as I read through what just happened in these verses, I don't know about you, but what I see is that Paul and Silas wanted to go to Persia and Galatia and Asia and God kept saying, no, 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 come over here, come over to Macedonia. See, this place, Philippi in Macedonia, there's this lady named Lydia, and I want to do something in her life. And in fact, when you go and talk with her, I'm going to make her willing to pay attention and listen to what you have to say. It's like God was like, i got to reach Lydia. Who can I get? Oh, Paul and Silas? Okay, no, you're not going over here. No, 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 come this way. Follow me, because this lady right here, She's important. And I'm going to do something in her life and then through her life. Because what we find out is, if you keep reading Acts 16, is it wasn't just for her. Look at this in the next part. It says this. When Lydia and her family were baptized, she invited us to stay at her home. So this is for Lydia's whole family, right? And then if you keep reading Acts 16, you find that God does this amazing thing in Philippi, in Macedonia. And you know what? I just have to believe that if Paul and Silas had had punched through the closed doors if they had ignored the inner promptings, if they had ignored the fireworks in the sky and they ended up over here in in Persia or, or Asia, they could have said the same stuff, prayed the same prayers, talked with similar people, but nothing would have happened because God was at work over here, right? And so what does it look like for you and I to follow God like that? See, think about this. Paul and Silas, when they set out on their journey Did not have the information that Lydia was where they were going to end up. They just had to take what? Take a step. And then take another step. And then listen, this is important. Be redirected. Okay, and then take some some more steps. And then what? Be redirected again until they were right where God had them. My question for you guys is, is, are you looking for like the leap? We all want the leap, right? We all want that one big step. God, don't give me a bunch of little steps. Just give me the one leap. Okay, this is the one. She is the one, right? Or no, this is the college, right? Or this is the job I'm supposed to have, right? But God says, no, 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 just little steps. Let me lead you with some inner promptings. Let me lead you with some open and closed doors. Let me throw some divine delays in there that you're gonna thank me for one day. Let me even give you some fireworks in the sky so you know that I'm with you. And if we would just take those little steps, I love in the Psalms it says, his word is a lamp unto our feet, right? a lamp to our feet. It does not say his words, a spotlight to our feet where we can see miles down the road, right? A lamp, right? The lamp, that little thing on your table next to your bed. If you duct taped it to your foot, you would not be able to light up the whole neighborhood. You'd be able to light up just a few feet for you to be able to keep taking the next step, right? And that's what God wants to do in your life, in my life as we look to him. See, here's what I wanna encourage you with today. The truth is this, God will lead you step by step as you trust in him. He will. He's going to lead you guys. I'm excited for so many of you guys. I'm excited for the potential in this room and the lives that you could live for Jesus and for his kingdom because as you just keep on taking those little steps, God, what do you have for me today? All right, it's great that we're going to talk about this in a year and yeah, I need to know where I'm going to end up someday, but that's going to come like a lot of steps later, isn't it? And so God, for today, for February, whatever the date is, I don't even know, what is your plan for today? God then take another step tomorrow and you just keep leading me to what you have you might say Doug how do you know that this is gonna work though I know it's gonna work because God's been so faithful in my life and in many of your lives I've gotten to see as you trust him as you pray as you seek him, as you open up the word of God, as you listen for those inner promptings and you have sensitivity to those open and closed doors and God blesses with you some of those fireworks in the sky, I've seen him be faithful to lead you guys. And even more than that, I know because he's doing this for us as a church right now. And so... as. As you guys know, several months ago, or actually you now about fourteen months ago, we left the old place, and we were this close to taking the church actually to Stony Brook. We were going to go rent a school in Stony Brook, and just with a few months to go, my buddy Rob here at the school said, "Hey, why don't you guys come to Hopag?" And we we're like, "All right, let's let's go do that." And, and here we are. We've been kind of just waiting it out, what God has for us next, and, and God was leading us here so clearly. But, but now what? You know, and we've been looking. Let me give you some examples, some of the places we've seen, checked out. So here, here's a spot right here up on the screen. You guys can check this out. This is nearby. It's $1.8 million for two and a half acres of dirt. Not very inspiring. That, that, that was not something we were jumping at. Here's another one. This was close to our old building. $1.3 million for 1.8 acres of uncleared land. So just a bunch of trees sitting there, right? But as we're looking, we get a call from Jamie Scarallo's dad about this certain property. And we went and we saw and we took our staff and some of our elders and we were like, this is incredible. And then we took some more of our team back and we brought a local architect back and we're like, wow, this is, this is really, really nice. Like, this is crazy. And so we ended up making an offer on the place and the guy denied us. We were like, all right, uh, that, that's thanks, right? And so he says, come up, bring it up, bring it up. And so we're like, all right, let's come up a little bit. So we came up a little bit and the guy's like... Um, No, no, that's not good enough. Come up more. And we were like, no, we're staying right here, right? And so he officially denied our offer. And I told you about this a few months ago. He officially denied our offer, and we were so bummed out, right? But then, as we continued on, and we just kept waiting, eventually, about a month later, he called us back, said, let's talk. He said, bring that price up. We said, no, (laughs) staying right where we are. And eventually, he accepted our offer. We signed contracts, And I had this message written for like the last several months and I wanted to share it every single week, but there were so many different things that had to happen that I didn't want to get your hopes up and then have it not work out. So I just kept waiting and I just kept waiting and I just kept trying to hang on and to just wait for the right time where enough obstacles were out of the way. And thankfully now is that time. And so before I show you the property, I want to tell you a little bit about what happened. So there was a really wealthy man who purchased five acres of land. And he knocked down this small house that was on it and spent six years and millions of dollars to make it what you're about to see. And so here's the front entryway. You guys can put up those first couple of pics. This is the front entryway to the property that we've signed contracts on. Here's another little picture as you get through the gate. This guy has gone absolutely crazy making this beautiful, pouring so much time and energy into it. Here's the... uh, as you keep going, you can see the driveway and some landscaping there. That's just incredible. Every little tree is handpicked. Every boulder in the right spot. Just gorgeous. Next, we got here a fountain and some beautiful tiered levels here. You guys can see in this next picture. Just gorgeous. Just so, just so we're all on the same page. Every one of the just shows you how much you trust me. Every one of the other services people came up to me afterwards and like Doug. Until like the fourth picture, I thought you were pranking us. And like, you were going to tell us the, show us the big pile of dirt adventure. This is not a joke. Like, this is really the property that we're looking at, okay? Next part here is like the hugest patio ever with all these pavers, uh, gazebos. There's another shot here. It's the biggest fire pit I've ever seen in my life down there past those patio chairs. So beautiful. I've got another shot here of the fountain and the huge gazebo behind it. That gazebo is really big, like a bunch of people could hang out under there. Then we have a walkway from the gazebo kind of up the hill. And then at the top of this hill is a 5,000 square foot building that's already built. It's not big enough to do church in, but it's where our offices will be. And hopefully, eventually, it's where we'll be able to do some things like, you know, uh, manly brunches and some women's gatherings and some stuff like that. And so that's that. And then on the inside, he calls this the barn, but this looks more like a ski lodge, as you'll see. Just like beautiful interior to this whole space. And uh, I didn't mention that leaves us acres of land You'll see here to be able to build out a building and put all of our parking. You guys can keep on checking out these next few pictures here of all that's there. And so we're closing on this in April or May. Completely incredible. We're so so grateful. Now, you guys may remember the the point eight eight. I'm sorry, one point eight acres for one point three million, or the two and a half. Um, acres of dirt for 1.8 million, well, we're getting this, five acres, with all of that work done, all the terraces and the gazebos and the brickwork and the 5,000 square foot structure, we're getting all of that for 1.55 million dollars, so absolutely incredible. And of course, then, the big question is, where is it, right? It's in Jersey. We're going to Jersey. (laughs) Just kidding. People would pass it out. All right, so this is cool. Like I told you earlier, we were thinking about going to Stony Brook. When we left in this concert, there were eight different towns we were looking at: Selden, Lake Grove, Centered, Smithtown, St. James, all these places. So we ended up in Hopog, right? And in those eight towns, there's 2,124 streets we could have ended up on, but we ended up on Hoffman Lane. Well, this property is on Hoffman Lane, 2,500 feet that way. So it's right here. Unbelievable. And so that number up on the screen there, 328, that is the address, 328 Hoffman Lane in Hopog. And I just have to think about it. If we just bring it back to what we've been talking about tonight, we have to bring it back to the fact that when we left our building, we did not know that was going to be there. And when we've been here for 14 months, we only found out about this, I think it was October, maybe September. And so for all this time, we were just going, all right, step. God, I'm just going to take a step. I'm just going to trust in you. I'm just going to let you lead us. am just going to take another step towards you, God. And there was lots of prayer, lots of fasting, lots of conversations, lots of negotiation, lots, lots of back and forth, lots of trusting. And I got to thank our elders and our staff. The guys have been so incredible through this process. Lots of meetings and conversations, like I said, fasting and prayer, and just seeking God. But that's what this all came out of. And as you know, Andrew and I went to California in January and met with an architect out there. And I just want to show you guys the initial drawings they did. This is kind of a bird's eye view, so you guys can throw that up on the screen. But here you guys will see from the top that L-shaped building in the bottom corner is the existing 5,000 square foot structure where our offices will be. Then you guys can see where some of the parking is down below, and there'll be more up top. Then that big building there is going to be our main building for phase one. So we're going to build that. That's going to be our auditorium. It's going to be our kids space. It's going to be our lobby. And then by God's grace, as we continue to impact Long Island and outgrow that, we bust through one of those big walls and open up the auditorium into the rest of that building. And then we build that kids space right next to it, that other purple. They won't be purple, by the way. But we'll put that other building there, right there, a covered walkway between. And so this is just sort of an initial thought of how it could all work out. But we're just so thankful to God and we're so excited about what he did. And I just have to quickly take care of some business before I kind of wrap things up here tonight. The first thing is I just have to say, you can certainly drive by the property, go as slow as you want, just don't go on it yet, okay? It's not ours. There's like gates and stuff. I've tried to scale them, but don't do it, okay? Do as I say, not as I do. But uh, make sure, you know, again, don't even pull into that driveway. There's a little driveway in front of the gate there. I just encourage you to kind of pass it by, go slow. It's actually kind of hard to see because of the way he built it with all of the uh, design and landscape. It's kind of tough to see. But if you drive by tonight, you can see some of it and it looks really legit. And it just looks kind of like this huge like ski mountain. And and some of you guys might say as you pass it, well, you know, it seems like some of it is is kind of hilly, so what's the deal with that? Well, our architect actually all about he's like we're going to make those hills work to our van it's going to be great but it's just so incredible because this guy was really led i think to do all of this exterior work build this building in the back of the property and clear all this space and he was going to build himself a thirteen thousand five hundred square foot house which is about right for what we need in a church isn't it incredible He didn't start with the house. Isn't it incredible that he started with all this exterior stuff? Isn't it incredible he cleared all the trees, knocked down the old house, and cleared the land so we could come in and put a building right there on that spot? I just have to take care of one thing here, and that is uh, we need a membership vote to go forward with this, and the Attorney General requires me, if you were here last year, you remember when we sold the old building, to read something in the service, unfortunately, and it's a lot of lawyer language, so if you want to take a nap, now's the time, but let me just kind of get through this here, all right? So, this is what I have to read to you. If you're a member, we're going to have a member meeting vote at 11 a.m. two weeks from today between those two morning services. But here's what I have to, by law, read to you right now. I'm so sorry. Notice is hereby given that a special meeting of the members of Living Word Church of God of Smithtown, Inc. will be held on March 10, 2019 at the church at 11 a.m. for the following purposes. To consent to approve and authorize the purchase of the real property located at 328 Hoffman Lane, Hopog, New York, 11788, for sum of $1.55 million to the terms and condition of the purchase and sale agreement as amended relating thereto. To consent to approve and authorize that the church borrow sum of money not to exceed $976,000 in principal amount from the Union Bank and Trust Company, which will be referred to as the loan, to consent to approve and authorize in connection with the loan and to secure payment of principal and interest on the loan that the church get to the bank first lien of mortgage on the 328 Hoffman Lane property. To consent to approve and authorize that the church petition the Attorney General of the State of New York to approve the release from escrow of up to $624,000. To consent to approve and, re- and authorize that the church utilize the proceeds of the loan, the funds released from escrow, and additional funds held by the church to purchase the 328 Hoffman Lane property and to pay the church's costs and expenses in connection with the purchase and the loan. To authorize all Actions and agreements necessary, proper, or advisable in order to effectuate each of the foregoing don't know what half these words mean to take additional actions and approve and adopt resolutions related to or necessary, proper, or advisable to effectuate each of the foregoing to transact such other business as may properly come before the meeting. Last paragraph The complete notice of special meeting of members will be mailed to all those who are members of the church at the close of business on February 25th, 2019. Copies of the notice and the related documents, including the purchase and sale agreement and the loan commitment from the bank are also available at the church's office. Please contact Pastor Jansen. That's me knowing who that was in the first two services. Through the church's (laughs) office. If you have, someone was like, why would we contact your dad, Doug? I'm like, no respect. No, it's okay. I don't want it. I really don't want it. I'm good, just call me Doug. If you have any questions related to the special meeting over the matters to be considered at the special meeting, sign in. For the special meeting will begin at 10:50 on the morning of the special meeting. And so we praise God. Yeah. So our theme, our theme, if you remember, last year in 2018 was what? Was moving power. God, we ask you to move in power. Well, we sign. These contracts on December 27th, 2018. And we've been waiting all this time to tell you because we wanted those hurdles to be removed. And we're just so grateful. And if there's a couple of ways I could just ask you to help. Uh, number one is our prayer is, my prayer has been, our prayer has been that we won't have to borrow any money to pay for any of this. We are pre-qualified to borrow money But to purchase this property, we would just love to raise the 1.55 and then to build the building eventually, we would love to just raise that. And so... Uh, we're just asking for generosity. Now, if you've been coming to this church for a while, you know something about us. You know we don't beg and borrow. Well, we do borrow, I guess. I don't know. And we don't want to borrow. We don't want to borrow. We, we don't beg for money. We don't come in here and twist people's arms. We don't lock the doors and say we're not leaving until we get to 1.55, right? We want you to always feel free to invite friends and neighbors, and there's nothing that gets in the way that quicker than people talking too much about money. So we're not going to become people who beg, okay? What we are going to do is we're just going to tell you the need We're going to keep you updated on the need and we're going to let you know what God's provided and we're just going to continue to trust that God's going to provide. You guys are a generous church. It's who you are. And so we're just going to keep on being who we are, but we're going to up our game because we really got to get serious about trying to make sure that we raise some money. Secondly, I would just ask for help. Some of you guys know how to build stuff. Some of you guys know how to do some things. We had several people this morning like, you know, electrical contractors, general contractors, these different people, flooring guys saying, hey, we'll we'll come do it. We're ready to roll, you know. So, you know, if you're somebody like that, then that would be incredible. Also, keep your eyes open for donations that maybe we could get, you know, a tractor trailer load of sheetrock donated or tractor trailer load of electric, you know, who knows, electrical components or whatever it might be. Just keep your ears open and and let's see what God does. And lastly, I would just ask, um, just be patient, you know, uh, moving into an existing building is one thing. It's going to have its downfalls because it already exists and you can't make it what you want. But the good thing about it is you can do it a little quicker. Uh, being that we're going to build this to what we want it to be, it's going to take time. And so we're going to be patient. We're going to be continuing to meet here in the meantime, but we're excited. We are being coached by a pastor named Larry Osborne who's out in California and he's got 10,000 something people in his church and he's done this building thing over and over. And I want to leave you with some advice he gave us. He said this. He said, don't make the building a finish line. Don't make the building a finish line because God is working right here and right now. We don't have to wait, right? In fact, God's doing incredible things. We're reaching 20% more weekly attenders this year at this time than we were last year at this time. And so, man, God's moving here and now right in this place. It's not like we have to wait, okay? It'll be great. I can't wait that we don't have to tear down at the end of the night anymore, right? But Man, let's let's continue to just say, God, keep moving here. Keep doing what you're doing, and that'll be a great blessing one day. And be encouraged. If you're going through your own stuff right now, I'm telling you, as you trust Him, God's going to lead you step by step. As you trust Him, as you just say, okay, God, give me those internal promptings. Oh, God, give me those open and closed doors. God, give me those fireworks in the sky. Your will be done. I got to tell you, I'm still praying. This might sound bad after I just preached this message. I'm still praying that if that is not what God has for us, it'll fall apart, that it will not go through because all I want is what God has and all we want as a church is what God has for us. And so we're just gonna continue to pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Do your thing, do it your way. And so he will lead you. Just trust him. Seek his face in prayer. Open up the Bible. Be here, be in community. Let there be people around you who are encouraging you as you're trying to make decisions. Don't go it alone. Don't try it alone. We all need people sometimes to look us in the face and say, I love you, but that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. God's got something so much better for you, right? So let's do this together God's way. If you're not a follower of Jesus, like I said earlier, you may have come in here going, I don't care about a church. I don't care about college or a relationship or my job or my pension, my retirement. I don't care about any of that. What I care about is this guilt that I walk through every day with. I care about where I stand before God. Well, I have great news for you tonight. Jesus got on a cross and died in your place to rescue you and me from our sin. And if you want to begin a relationship with him and you want to see him remove that guilt and remove that shame, then you can begin that relationship with him by praying with me in just a moment. But be encouraged, guys. God's up to great things. We have much to celebrate, much to look forward to as a church. But for your personal lives, God will lead you step by step as you trust in him. Let's pray. God, we're just so thankful for all that you have done. God, we're so grateful to you, Lord, that you have led us to what we're about to embark on, God. We're just so thankful. It's incredible how you have made all this work. And we're just so, so thankful. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you do two things right now? Would you start out by just praising God for his goodness to our church? And number two, would you just pray about those things in your life that might be uncertain, those situations that you don't have all the details for. And would you ask God for inner promptings by his Holy Spirit? Would you ask God for open and closed doors? Would you ask him for fireworks in the sky? Would you ask him to keep your heart soft? Would you ask him to give you grace for those divine delays that show up along the way that are there on purpose, often to form character in our lives, often to protect us from going down paths that are deadly, If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him tonight, I hope you've seen tonight we have a God who is active in our lives, who is leading us, who wants to walk through life with us and direct us. And more importantly that, a God who has given his all to rescue us and make us his own. So if you want to put your trust in Jesus tonight, I would encourage you to pray with me right now, something like this, quietly. Jesus, thank you so much for dying in my place. Thank you so much for wanting a relationship with me. Thank you, God, that you're going to remove my guilt. You're going to remove my shame. And you're going to enable me to walk a new way in you. Thank you for this gift of salvation. It's before we stand and sing, before we open our eyes. If you prayed that for the very first time, can you just look me in the eyes really quickly so that I can be praying for you this week? Did anybody pray that for the very first time here tonight, this week? Amen. I see you. Anybody else? God, we thank you for those who have put their trust in you today. And we just pray that you draw us all close to you, Jesus, and do beautiful and amazing things. You're so good, God. We love you.